I'm listening to your neighbor's hood. You're listening. You're listening to Your Neighborhood, a podcast for uncomfortable culture conversation, specifically about race. With Hannah and Jackie. Well, I think you should say what you said first about you shot this around. Okay. So here's here's where it came from. Right. We're supposed to be a podcast for uncomfortable culture conversation, specifically Facts, about race. Right. You and I seems like we agree on a lot of things. Yes. So maybe we haven't been getting as uncomfortable as we ought to get. And it's not for lack of uncomfortable things out there. And so I thought an uncomfortable thing would be for us to reach out to someone with conflicting beliefs, specifically politically right now, and to see if we could have a conversation with them. Because, and the reason I thought of this is because I realized that almost everyone that I know has either, I'm going to try not to bang the desk anymore. Tell <laughs> doing it, that. Hannah. I'm going to bang, I'm going to fist punch the air. Almost <laughs> everyone I know has in-laws or parents or somebody who is politically leaning in a different direction than them. And they are deciding whether they're able to have a conversation because we've been there, done that last election term and those relationships like, and I'm talking between parent and child, Mm -hmm. the relationships have, should we be trying to have that conversation and, and can we have that conversation without trying to win the person's vote? Because quite transparently, if I am going to have a conversation with somebody who doesn't agree with me politically, I part of me wants to know where they're coming from, right. but another part of me really just wants them to change to my side, and they probably want me to change to their side, and so circle meets the square, round and round we go. Right. So the question is, is the time better spent talking to undecided people or pouring energy into your direction, or... Is it worth it to try and have these really uncomfortable conversations, particularly with so much on the line? And if we do choose to have those conversations, maybe we can have a roadmap, (laughs) a set of agreements or rules of engagement for how to proceed in those conversations. I think it's like twofold to this because you're absolutely right. It's like we both believe in equity and equality. So like it's very going to be very different Maybe our views on what that looks like may be different, but it's going to be very difficult to find us to straight up be like, nah, on an issue. But when it comes to like the political area, I just really feel like there are two sets of agreements or rules in a sense, because Mm -hmm. it's different if you're trying to talk to Martha in Wyoming about your political views, right? Like Mm -hmm. you have that on the internet, (laughs) okay, like... That's one way to have a conversation. And I'd be like, no, that's not worth the time. Just given how polarized we are, like, why? But when you're talking about your mama. Yeah. Or your first cousin. Yeah. Or somebody that you have a relationship with to back up that they know that if you say something that isn't an involved thought or they say something that isn't an involved thought, you still have that history of that relationship with that person where you, yes. you know that they have goodness in them. Yeah. So do you cut that off? Like, and I just think that there's space for that, but, but it's tough because it's like, 
when we're generationally different, having these sorts of conversations, it could just be shut down just based off of that generational difference. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't know that there's the same level of empathy and allow a, a, a space for collective or for different thinking with older generations. Like I, I personally, I work with older folks all the time and that's the toughest thing to do. Like I can't get them to see that it was a smart thing to do something or we need to look at something a certain way or have you question this until it's emergency. So great job, COVID. At least we have an online presence for the stuff that I do with older folks. But when it comes to just, I just think they're a, a, as do as I say. Do. That, but that rigidity that can exist even even in myself being 37 years old comes from my set of experiences. So you get to an age and you have learned a lesson enough times and you're like, no, this just is the lesson. <laughs> and I know this because I've lived it and you have not lived it. So you maybe don't, you don't see the, the picture the way I see it. And I think that there, there's got to be some merit to that. There is a reason that that happens, that people f get wiser after they have a collection of experiences to build on. So, the, so, so how do we... <laughs> so do we have a... Do we really want... I really... I don't know. I guess I want to have somebody on that is starch... Has that starch difference? Like has a really... Like... I'm not for in free and open democracy <laughs> to model that. Do you know what I mean? I guess I, I just think there's merit in modeling that that behavior and showing people that you can do it. But you also have to keep yourself in a place of like, I'm not doing this to change your mind. I'm doing this to share my value. Here's yeah. my value. And you can walk into it knowing that you're going to be heard or that you're completely not going to be heard. Well, that brings me to the point that I think that there are some people who might be better equipped temperamentally or a life situation mm -hmm. wise to be able to have these kind of conversations because some people that I talked to just were like, it's not a good idea. I wouldn't listen to that episode. If you, if you had a conversation with somebody who believes differently than we do politically, then I'm not, I'm not interested. I just don't have any more capacity to deal with that. And fair enough. I don't think that the point of us doing it would be to say that everybody should do it. And there are also certain people who may have a ability to stay in the center when having those conversations than other people. Yeah. Yeah. So you might need to pick your partner wisely if you're going to do it. Definitely. And and the, look, straight up, the cognitive dissonance is real when it comes to supporters of this bull. Like, I'm, I'm just being honest with as an independent and I listen to some of these talking points by the, the loudest Republicans, because I know that all Republicans don't think that way, but the loudest as they would call them, I think Trump Republicans, the loudest extreme one way. It's like there is a there there is a level of cognitive cognitive dissonance that is almost unhealthy even for me to listen to where I was just like, uh, you are so far removed from the truth when you're saying anyway, I was going to get into things that were said because but that's not important. But when. <laughs> 
It's hard, right? You're like, I don't want to indict anybody's feelings, but I want to say your <laughs> ignorance is not about to take me. But you know, if we're going to try and be really, really uncomfortable with ourselves, we may have something to learn from Facts. that conversation. Because what I try and do, I try <laughs> have that conversation in the mirror, not with myself, but with what I think they're going to say. And I was doing it as I was driving earlier today. I was having the conversation in my head with somebody who, because um, I see signs all over my neighborhood that say support blue lives and all that. And so whenever I see a sign or see a bumper sticker, I have this conversation in my head that says, I am trying to support them. I'm supporting them by taking away some of their pressure to solve all these problems through this, this, and this. And I'm supporting the ones who have integrity by creating a system that allows them to shine through and taking away the people who don't have the integrity and who are making bad moves. And also, by the way, what do you think it does to the life of a a police officer who uses excessive force in a situation and has to live then with an outpouring. And this is not a, I feel so sorry for them, but I'm saying a life is destroyed because if you think they go to their job and they are not impacted by what they've done and maybe the worst of them are, are proud of it, let's just say, and I'm willing to say that there's a range of it, but either way, they're the world knows their name and knows what they have done. And can you imagine what it would be like to live with that, like that is a life also destroyed. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> anyway, that's how that's how I go in my head. So I have all these answers for things that I think that a, another side is going to present to me, but I don't know. Maybe I'll get surprised. <laughs> I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. I feel almost. I feel almost unloyal to the things that I'm passionate about. To even consider this it, to me it's like going to the store and looking at all the damn cereals each of them has a prize in the box but they don't say what the prize is <laughs> i know and i've thought about it i thought about just going up to a neighbor and saying i see you got this yard sign you must feel strongly can you tell me what is motivating you Yeah, you can, I mean, for us, we can come from it from a media point of view, just like, you know, I'm in this work and I'm just, I'm trying to hear all the voices. I'm trying to have, what's that, what's that, uh, I'm trying to be schizophrenic for real, (laughs) but not let it drive me crazy. Like, you know what I mean? I'm trying to hear what's, not just what's going on in my head, but what's going on in the world around me to really better assess where I'm coming from and to also kind of grow some empathy because I see this and I feel this reaction because that's how I, I'm, I'm, I tell police officers that I deal with, I immediately have a defensive response to police officers. You know, joke, I said this to a police officer, I was in a meeting the other day and I said this to police officers, I said, the truth be told is I've not had good experience with policing growing up. And so when I'm in a room with a police officer, I feel myself responding, um, responding in a very, uh, you know, sort of aggressive way. He's like, well, you mean, because I I don't know if it's because I'm a chick or anything. He's like, well, you mean you feel scared? I said, no. I don't feel scared. I feel defensive and I feel like I'm, I see, I'm laughing because I see your face because it's like, <laughs> Hannah's face is like, what? 
I, you're a stronger person than I am. It's like you feel scared. I'm like, I don't feel scared. I feel like, what do you want? Like, mm-hmm. what is it? What, what you want? And that's the way mm-hmm. I'm no joke. I have to check that and temper that. And so for me, it's been trying to meet other police officers and have this, these conversations about them as humans to help me not do that to every single one. So much so that I felt myself really feeling with what recently happened about the, the, the kid up in Wisconsin who just walked right by. Yeah. They just walked right by with his, with his, I mean, just walked right by. I just was like, I'm feeling like pissed. And yeah. so I was like, you know what, let me do a mental health check on the two police officers that I know are the good guys in a sense, right? Wow. Do a mental health check. I did. I text them. I said, hey, this is just a mental health check. How's it going? Because when those sorts of things happen, it's people that don't have that same filter as I do that are like, yo, F them. F them. Right. All, all of them. I'm not talking to them. I don't need to have that. That's put. So we're, what we're talking about is politically, policy wise, you know, politics, um, personal beliefs. All of that we're trying to like navigate. It's it's exhausting. So I could see why some people are like, no, F it. I don't want to talk to these people. I don't want to have yeah. a conversation with anybody, but I guess the growth mindset. Yes. Leah, you're you're being noisy and we're recording. Could you go back up to your room, please? It has not been a full nap time, and right now you're not gonna get kombucha if you don't go up to your nap time. Uh, I'll go in another room. Okay. Thank you. No the, kombucha. The- Hoods <laughs> <laughs> good. Yeah. You know what time it is. It's where we, your neighbor's hood, choose to intentionally support an independent business as an act of respect. We acknowledge the tremendous amount of risk and challenges inherent to starting one's own business, but recognize that for minority people, specifically African-Americans, those challenges can be even higher. So we invite you to join us in celebrating this month's Hood's Goods. This month, we got to sit down with Onika J. Daniel, creator of The Holiday Boys. I was in an unhealthy relationship, which turned into a marriage. I was with that person for 13 years. And at first, it was basically emotional abuse, verbal. And then um, once we got married, it grew to physical. And uh, during that time, I began to write, um, utilizing that as a coping skill. I've always been like a, a journal type of person, you know, kind of a creative kind of spirit. So. When I was in that relationship, I utilized writing as a way to escape from my trauma that I was experiencing almost daily. And both of my sons were born on holidays, you know, strange holidays, April Fool's and Halloween. And and those were the dates that they were due. To hear more from Monika and learn more about the Holiday Boys, check out our full Hoods Goods episode. And now back to the show. How can we say stay open, stay curious at the end of our show if we don't do that? We have to just rebrand. If we if we're unable to do that, are we then we have to rebrand? <laughs> I think we do that. And I think that's part of what makes a part of the mission is that modeling behavior. Like 
I, I can be open and curious with my own bias, right? I just don't act on those bias. I mean, I allow myself to take in other people's stuff, okay. good, bad, or indifferent. I sit there through, like, I mean, if we're being honest, think about the, if we're talking about, I mean, I know I just got done talking about policing and I don't want to keep, because this is about people's politics, about people's beliefs. This is about all those things. But particularly, we did an episode with a police officer, which we didn't release. And I'm like, I'm sitting there and I'm listening to this guy and I'm just like, <laughs> like, don't just stay in that mindset of you're just trying to pull the good out. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious about what the good is. I'm curious about what what these things mm-hmm. are for everyone else to see that sort of deal. And I think it lacked luster, which is why we didn't release the episode. It lacked, yeah. it lacked luster. Even even in the episode, there were things said that it was just like, huh. Side note, after that episode, Hannah was not happy. No. Not, yeah, I just didn't have, mad, it just didn't have any... Yeah, no, it just didn't have any thing of value to add. So that sounds like what we're looking for in, in these are added value. Mm-hmm. We're looking to see the light and humanity in someone who believes things that are so opposed to what we think that it feels... That, that it's hard not to be defensive. And are we able to listen and learn and not try and convince? It's, it's like a fact-finding mission. I, I feel like it. I feel like it is. It's just like, I think the overall, if you're doing this from the place of I'm just in a growth mindset, then ultimately you're trying to say to yourself, at least what I in personal experience, I feel like I'm saying to myself is like, I can live in a world where everybody does not agree with me. Yeah. I can do that. But how does that happen? I want if, that. Yeah, precisely. But how do I get that? I mean, it happens in my own home already. Me and my husband. I mean, we're not fundamentally different, but we definitely value different things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like I can live with someone who has different uh, points of views. Can I... Can I share space with someone who has different values? Now, when it comes down to, I think, in this time when we're talking about the value of lives, the value of of um, of history, the value of of yeah of those things, it is very difficult to sit and have a conversation with people who have openly said they don't that certain lives are more valuable than others without with a blanket like they put a whole heating blanket on top of it (laughs) so I just think it's an exercise that I can live in a world with people with different superior and I can say that you know cool that's your opinion I it's nice to know that there are people out in the world like that yeah I don't I don't know if I follow you on it's nice to know because (laughs) because I would say uh, I don't know. Huh. Maybe this is naive of me. I was going to say in, in other election cycles where where there has been more of at least an external decency, I have felt maybe more open to this sort of conversation. Mm-hmm. But right now it feels like a statement of who you are and what your whole value system is. So this feels very different, but maybe it isn't. Does it feel different to you or no? 
I just feel like people are more open to say the things that they wouldn't normally say in another election cycle. And that's why I say, mm-hmm. like, I'm going to make this episode explicit by saying this. But I am so grateful for the people who say to my face, like, fuck you to my face. Like, I'm like, oh, OK. Rather <laughs> than me. rather than do it in the in the shadows. Way. Yep. In the shadows mm-hmm. and be very deceitful because I don't want those people to go into hiding. I want to know exactly who they are, right? Because I yeah. can pick and choose my dealings with them, hmm. right? Because we may disagree, yeah. just because we disagree on one issue doesn't mean that we disagree on all issues. So there may be an opportunity, but I'm, I, at least I know where you stand with the things that may or may not be important to me. And that's the thing is prioritizing what, what's important. Do you know what I mean? Okay. At least and yes, this is my make humble a lot opinion. Of, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. So like, and I'm thinking about the legislators, like, yeah, I'm pretty sure if you talk to a lot of the congressmen and women there, they would tell you, yeah, we knew this guy was this way. We knew this guy was that, or this girl, this woman is this way. They just, you just don't get to see it. And now like you get to see it. And so we know where we're starting from with you on certain policies. Okay. We already know walking in the room. Have you ever ever had that feeling of like, like, I feel like this person has something against this or me. And, like, you can't substantiate it because it's yeah. just speculation. Yeah. Like, I've had that with my kids' school. It's like, I know there's an issue here. I can't yeah. see it because there are little undertones. And come on. Come on into the light with your stuff. Yeah. I like America, period, pretty much. Because, like, all those people can exist. Hmm. It's just, that's can we get stuff done? Yeah, that's the question. So now, so that's the silver lining. This person is going to now be emboldened to say exactly how they feel, and they're not going to try and sugarcoat it. So maybe we can, maybe we can have a better conversation. Or maybe we can't have one. Or maybe it's just made it very clear who to avoid. And that's not everybody, though. That's what I'm saying is what you 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 were kind of alluding to it before. It's like, do I just shut down and not have that's not everybody. But there are people where you're just like, no, that's that's that time is not worth that energy. Right. I value my energy enough to not be in that space, having that conversation with that person, because all it's going to do is fatigue me because they've made it clear mm-hmm. on this, this and this. And then here's how they convey this and this and this in a very trauma driven way, in a very nerve irking way. But there are people that it's like, yeah, I disagree with them. I mean, straight up, if you go to my Facebook page and see I have a friend who is a stark Trump supporter and he and I go back and forth all the time. Mm -hmm. He does not cause visceral reactions to me when we're talking. If you look Uh at his posts, I'm just like, fuck that dude. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you can you can stay in the conversation because the way that he's discussing is respectful to you. And also he must have the same curiosity if he's willing to continue to engage with you. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest motivators for me about this conversation because I feel like we're getting manipulated if we think that we there are certain people or topics that are not allowed. That doesn't feel American to me. To be able to stay in conversation with people even if they think differently than you, that feels... That feels like, that feels resistant to me yeah. to be able to do that. So here we go. Are we resisting? <laughs> I hope 
So we'll see, I guess. But this would be a little bit different because, because it wouldn't necessarily be somebody that we have a, a relationship really, with, you know, a long-standing relationship with. True. It would true. also be different because they would know it would be recorded. So it's different for a lot of reasons. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And with the pending election, this is why I think, and Hannah, when you said it, it was just like, yeah, we have to do this. We have to discuss this because, like, we have a lot at stake right now in our country. We have a census going on with a lot of of, um, barriers to making sure that it's complete. We have... um, Elections coming up with a lot of feelings barriers. about <laughs> with a lot of barriers, and then just feelings and sentiments about what it's going to be. I just don't know. I, I don't. I'm hoping that I'm not having the same conversation that I did November first Wednesday in November 2016 that I had first Wednesday in November 2020. Because it was a very scary feeling, and I, as in, and I'm saying this, and we don't ordinarily talk about our like political views and things like that, but I, I'll say this as an intelligence, like as somebody who, okay, I was in the intelligence field, I had my TSSI clearance, which really studied Southeast Asia uh, quite a bit, the Middle East, and by virtue of they always doing shit, Russia, <laughs> and India, like so that just the technological advances and things like that. And um, I get really fearful of the degradation of the value of intelligence because I know there's a lot of work that goes into that. It's a collection of things. And when we talk about national security, every single thing that we see happening right now is a threat to national security just because of the way it shifts just trust is a threat to national security so we ultimately kind of have to have some real ass conversations as we walk into this next election cycle i am actually pretty fearful i feel i feel very scared of what's happening and i know that there are some people some leaders out there that are very happy about I can talk about the UFO I saw now but I can't talk about other things so I wish I could talk yeah you know yeah Mm -hmm. you know but it's Hannah we gotta talk I also just worried about alienating any listenership um because we we are not neutral on this issue and I mean we're not neutral on a lot of the things that we talk about I guess but I am just admitting openly that I have that I'm really having a hard time with this. And if the goal is to model these uncomfortable conversations, then then we're modeling. I'm modeling that hopefully the honesty of how I feel going into that and working to being able to stay stay in. And that may make for a good episode as we go. If if any listener, if I may ask, any listener has their take on this maybe we can air it during some listener comments during oh, yeah. an episode if you're a listener and you're like thinking and processing uh this is at the heart like what we're talking about right now is the heart of what 
this podcast was all about. It's about recognizing that there are people out there and knocking on those doors way back when we realized there were people with some very different point of views that were not ashamed to say them, that were ready for maybe not a conversation, but ready for us to know the way they felt about the way we were doing business <laughs> racially. You know, I would hope that there are listeners that don't agree, but at the very minimum, like, then what? So what now what? You know? Yeah, so I just would hope that we could have a more dynamic conversation. So if you feel we've been talking a lot about the police in this episode. <laughs> police and politics. Police and politics. But if you disagree with our stance, then let's have a more dynamic conversation about the specifics of the ways we can improve. Because hopefully we could agree that we value life. Because what what isn't great is if this keeps going, then people just keep hearing slogans and repeating slogans and getting entrenched and not understanding that there are all these little nuances to things that could change. Because if you just hear the headline, abolish the police or defund the police, which is what some people are calling for, but not what a lot of people are calling for. They're calling for more fine-tuned things. Then it might lead to an actual beneficial conversation. Mm-hmm. It might advance the topic. Yep. Concur. That goes for so, police. That goes for economics, right? Like, if there's one thing that can unite us, it is economics. <laughs> it is the economics of our society. Like, if we can have some real conversations, I know there are people who would agree If if we could just take those blinders off for a second and really get real about what the issue is. And we are now, I think, Hannah, a part of what's needed in the sense of media has taken a hit. You know, local stories. I think that this sort of authentic from the streets to people's ear holes or eye holes or to their brains, it's... It is actually under attack, too. And so we'll lose a lot of this for the sake of the things that are going on in the big world if we don't get in our own hoods and figure out how do we cooperatively make that place better with all the variety of with the rainbow of people that we have. Yeah. And this is the moment for it, because this is the moment when I'm walking through my neighborhood and listeners, if you're walking through your neighborhood and people are going to put their signs out and you are going to know how they feel. (laughs) And it is going to be very clear to you what the makeup of your neighborhood is. And so this is the podcast. This is your neighbor's hood. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm saying I know that there are issue based signs that people put in their yard, you know, like science is real, this, this and this or, you know, what I'm going to be dealing with casino signs in people's yards and having those difficult conversations like it it just it's about you. I think you said it earlier, Hannah, it's like we lived we lived up into this moment in life that may cause our rigidness or our openness. Uh, But we're just hoping for a lot more people with a tad bit more openness and patience to sort of push the conversation um, to a place where we can live together with our differences and not alienate. That was the word you need to use, not alienate ourselves from each other. So our so what is we should do it. And our now what is (laughs) we got to do it. (laughs) (laughs) We got to do it. We got to do it. We got to do it. So we got some work to do, Hannah. Stay tuned. Say, <laughs> tell your friends. 
to get with my friends so we could be friends. Mm -hmm. And I quote the great Sean Puffy Combs, brother love, what a P. Diddy, whatever he's calling himself these days. That's in quotes. <laughs> that was a great moment. If, if people are listening, they should also watch just to see your face during all that. <laughs> All right. So we're taking a, a sip of our own medicine. We're going to try and stay open, stay curious. We're going to take that baby step and reach out and see if we can have a conversation. All the while making it a great day. That's it. Closer to history. You know. And also, like, liking and subscribing. Right. And rating Re- and reviewing. Rate liking and review. And rate and review. You hit that like, subscribe, rate and review. Rate us. Rick. Rick, Rick, Rick.